60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We are saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer is the consumer empowering voice explaining all facets of finance, savings, credit cards, credit scores, loans of all types, and building your financial wealth. Are you controlling your money or is your money controlling you? Are you intimidated when you think about applying for a car loan? Are you intimidated when you're thinking about even taking out a credit card? Are you really intimidated when you think about becoming a homeowner? Well, there's no reason for you to worry, no reason for fret, because the answer is right here on the Saving Thousands radio show. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about those companies that claim that they can fix your credit. We've got an Ask RP from Donna and Joe. They want to know if they can combine two mortgages. We'll let you know what to expect when you call RP Funding. And we have another Ask RP from one of you listeners that wants to know in the state of Florida... What is the homestead exemption all about? We'll talk about credit card tips and how you can pay down your mortgage faster. We'll preview another empowering project coming from Robert Palmer himself. But rule number five of those 15 rules says, if you know their tricks, you won't fall for them. Well, Robert, I think this is a trick. I saw a plastic sign today on my way to the studio and it said for $200, this company will fix my credit. Now, it's on one of those little plastic signs by the side of the road. So, what do you think, Robert? Yeah, so let me tell you, that that, that 200 bucks is going to go to clean up the guy's credit who you gave it to. Because he's going to use that to pay down his Visa card, and then you're never going to hear from him again. Uh, yeah, th- there is no magic wand. Yeah. I mean, so here's the deal. So, there are companies out there that, that have ways to try to trick the system. But every time they come up with a way to try to trick the system, the credit bureaus figure out how to stop that from working. So, uh, just to give people an idea of what some of these companies would do. Uh, One of the things they will do is they would just dispute everything on your credit. They will send a letter to every single creditor you have saying, this is not my account, prove that it is, right? And once upon a time, this worked because once upon a time, the credit creditors were kind of lazy about it. And then the credit bureaus came out and said, look, guys, you got to take this more seriously. If it's really their account, you got to, you got to leave it on there. You can't just, you can't just delete it because you're too lazy to go through the dispute process, right? So that happened. So that, that really doesn't work like it used to, because now when you dispute everything, they will write you back and say, uh, this is your date of birth. This is your social security number. This is the this is the store you were standing in when you took out the line of credit. Here's a picture of you at the register. It's your account. Whoops. Right. They didn't used to they didn't used to take it that seriously. Yeah. So that, that quit working. So then the next thing is this one was kind of sneaky, Rob. So they they would have people that had really good credit cards, right? Really good credit accounts. And they would take people, so like say I have a fifty thousand dollar credit card. It's never been late. It's got ten year history on it. You know, like it's it's having a huge positive impact on my credit. And then you, Rob, you have terrible credit. So I would, uh, in order to help boost your credit, I would make you an authorized user on my credit card. Now, I would never give you the card. Like, the whole point of authorized user is, like, if you want to give your kids a card, mm-hmm. you know, give your spouse a card, you make them an authorized user, and this reports on their credit, okay? So they would yeah. actually, they would make complete strangers authorized users, but they would never give them the card. So they couldn't they couldn't do anything with it, but it would show up on their credit. Oh. So now, all of a sudden, my, my perfect account with great $50,000 limit zero balance, great pay history now shows up on your credit report because you're an authorized user. Well, the credit bureaus figured that out and they put a stop to that. Jeez. So the, the authorized user accounts no longer positively impact your credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of scams these guys have come up with. At the end of the day, there is no magic bullet. There is no secret letter. You, you know, this, we have the secret letter. Yeah, we've got and it. when we send this letter, they delete everything on your credit. That's, that's crap. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist, right? So just be cautious of that. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to clean up your credit, it's simple. Like, so, uh, you know, people that have good credit, no one taught them how to have good credit. They didn't have to pay anybody to give them good credit. But the mm-hmm. idea is, like, once you've screwed up, then you should pay someone to fix it. You, you can't. You just have to do the things you should have done in the first place. Pay the, repay everyone you owe money to. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, then you're going to have bad credit. That's so right. that, that, that $5,000 Visa card you maxed out and never paid back six years ago, Ooh. pay them back, right? You want to have good credit, pay back everybody you owe money to. And then pay everybody on time and don't max out your credit cards. Ever again. And if you do those three things, you will have good credit. You can go ahead and mail the check for $250 here to RP Funding, care of Robert Palmer, uh, for expert credit repair advice. And just go ahead and send me that check for 250 bucks instead of sending it to the guy who drew the corrugated sign. And I will happily cash that, and I will take my beautiful wife to dinner 
with All that two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. And you will get the same amount of work from me that you would have gotten from the other guy <laughs> on your credit. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer. It's a show all about empowering you. And one of the things that we really want to help you with is getting into that first home. There are so many people out there that could forget the landlord, that could qualify for a mortgage, that could qualify to own their own home, put a swing set in the backyard, do whatever it is you want to do that the landlords don't want you to do to the rental. You can own a home. You'll have a place that your kids will look back on one day and say, you should see the place I grew up. We had a swing set in the backyard. We had a fenced-in backyard with a pool, whatever it might be. It's a home. It's legacy. And so why not start now? But if you're one of those who's hesitating, let me give you some tips. Maybe you don't have an idea if you can get approved or not. Maybe you don't know how much home you could afford. Maybe you're not sure if you'll find the best realtor in town. Maybe you already own a home but are unsure of your equity position that would help you get into the next home. Maybe you're totally in the dark when it comes to the process of going through a mortgage and you're worried about it. Well, here's the good news. Thousands of folks just like you are getting help each and every day from this radio show, the savingthousands.com website, the Saving Thousands radio app, and many other services provided by the Robert Palmer family of companies. And you can always reach us, no obligation, for a one-on-one, no-obligation conversation. All right, just start the ball rolling. See where it ends up. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Ask RP. It's a wonderful thing for you. And you can ask RP all you want. Go to the website, savingthousands.com, just like Donna and Joe did, and click on the tab that says Ask RP. Well, Robert, Donna and Joe want to know, they have two mortgages right now. Can they roll those into one mortgage with a refi? Absolutely. We do this all the time. Mm -hmm. And this is actually my preference. So the alternative would be we would just refinance the first, and then we do what's called resubordinate the second. So here's how. I'll give you all a little quick lesson on lien theory here in the state of Florida. (laughs) So uh, basically what happens is when, when a mortgage gets recorded, the date, the recording date of that mortgage or that lien dictates the lien priority. All right. So let's say you have a house, and that house is worth... $100,000, okay? When that house is sold, all of the liens against it, all the liens filed in public records have to be satisfied in order to give clear title. So the question is, in what order do you pay the liens, right? So if somebody has $120,000 worth of liens against a $100,000 house and the liens are from six different companies, who gets the money, right? There'd be this big fight. Everybody wants the money. Mm -hmm. And so would you say, well... There's 100000 and they owe 120 so let's divide 100 by 120 and figure out the equal pro rata percentage that each of the six people should get, and each person gets their equal share of the 100000 No. It is based on the recording date of the lien in the public records of the county where the house is located. Mm-hmm. So if my lien is filed first for $100,000 and the other five people's liens are $4,000 each, I get all the money, they get none. So when a house is sold, the proceeds go to pay off the liens in the order in which they were recorded. So if you have a first mortgage that you got in 2010 and you have a home equity line of credit that you got in 2011. Right. And now you come to me here at RP Funding and I'm going to give you a new mortgage in 2015 to pay off the first mortgage. But you say, Robert, I really want to keep my home equity line of credit open with my bank. The problem is Hmm. their recording date is now four years before my recording date. So in the event of a foreclosure, they would get paid first. We can't allow that. We are a first mortgage lender. We have to be in first lien priority. We have to be the number one mortgage. We have to get the first dollar if anything goes wrong. So what happens is your bank has to file and sign a document that gets recorded in public records after our mortgage that says they are resubordinating their lien position Mm. to our lien position. So basically it says... To all those whom it may concern, to all men known by these, we, First Bank of whatever, hereby agree that we will give up our lien priority and resubordinate our position to be paid after RP funding in the event of any type of default. And this is called a resubordination agreement. Mm -hmm. And usually they charge a couple hundred bucks to do this. And it takes them forever. It takes them forever, Rob. So we try to close our refis in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to get things in and out of here. I'm I'm an efficiency guy. 
And the, the, the fastest and best way to do business is to get your loan in and get your loan closed and finished so you don't sit around and bog up my system. But when it takes your bank two, three, four months to file the resubordination, because oh. we can't do anything until we have that resubordination agreement from your bank. Because if they are unwilling to go back into second lien position, then, uh, then you can't do your mortgage with us. I see. And so what they're looking at is they're saying, well, are you worsening our position, right? So if let's say you had a $100,000 mortgage and a $50,000 home equity line of credit. And now you want a $200,000 mortgage from us, and you want to keep your $50,000 line of credit. Well, they may say, no way, no way. Right now, we get dollars a $100,001 to $100,050, but if you borrow another $200,000 from RV funding, now we don't get money until dollars $200,001, right? So the <laughs> right. bank is worsening their position considerably. So usually what we find is if you keep the balance the same, which is easy to do since we don't charge any closing costs, the bank is pretty willing to resubordinate. If you are trying to increase the amount of the first mortgage and worsen the bank's position, they're less likely to resubordinate. So back to the original question, uh, we would much prefer just to pay them all off and right. give you one new mortgage from us because then we don't have to mess with the resubordination process. We don't have to mess with your bank. We get to make you a bigger mortgage, which means I get to make more money servicing your loan. <laughs> Everybody wins, right? But if, you, but if you insist on keeping your second mortgage, we're happy to work with you as well. So I think it is a great time. And here's what I will tell you, Rob. There is a statistic... I forget. I read you this statistic the other day about mm -hmm. how many millions of home equity lines are going to reset over the next 24 months. That's scary. I, I, it was an astronomical. It, it was like a billions or trillions. It was insane. And so what that means, folks, is when you get a home equity line of credit for the first 10 years, it's like a credit card. You pay interest only, and you can draw some money off of it, and you can pay the money back and draw the money and pay the money. And and on a hundred thousand dollar home equity line, the monthly payment is like 300 bucks a month because all you're paying is the interest, and the interest is low. It's much, much lower than a credit card. Two things are happening. After 10 years, they decide it's time for you to start paying them back. So now you can't just pay the $300 in interest. You got to pay that plus principal. Oh. And you have to pay the principal on a 20-year amortization because you already burned through the first 10 years. So they want to get their money back over the next 20. So on average, the payment Ooh. will triple. So that home equity line you've been paying 300 bucks a month on for the last 10 years, at the 121st month, the payment will go to $900, and people are going to freak wow. out. And so now is the time to go ahead and wrap those two loans together with a nice fixed-rate 30-year mortgage from RP Funding. All right, the other thing I will tell you is Janet Yellen has got her finger on the button. She does. She's ready to go thermonuclear and take interest rates up and up. And I mean, she she's like sitting there with her hand quivering, ready to smash the big red button that says raise interest rates. And all she's waiting for is one good jobs report. And she is going to go thermonuclear and raise interest rates. And when she does that, all of you listening with home equity line of credits mm -hmm. will start to watch those interest rates go up very, 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 very quickly. And if you get caught in the cross-section where rapidly rising prime rate intersects with 10-year reset of payment tripling, your payment could actually quadruple. How many people can afford for their home equity line payment to go from $300 to $1,200 overnight. Not very many. Let's be proactive. Let's take care of it right now by refinancing it all into a fixed rate mortgage where I pay all the closing costs. How do they do it, Rob? A lot more great consumer advice coming your way in moments, but I did want to tell you that every single day we have meetings to come up with new ways and expanded ways to help you. There's no smoke and mirrors. There are no tricks. All we're trying to do is get more and more people educated, empowered, if you will, not intimidated by money and ready to dive into maybe their first house or, and maybe even keeping the house they've got and buying another home and therefore start building up a rental portfolio. There are so many things that you can do to benefit your bottom line. You just have to take the first step. So we're always coming up with new ways to empower you. We've got the radio show, right? We've also got an iHeart channel that is 24 hours a day seven days a week of Robert Palmer shows. Wow, that's some education right there. We also have the Saving Thousands radio app. That's brand new to our company. In other words, you can simply go to the Play Store and you can download the Saving Thousands radio app. Now, once that app is there on your phone, anytime that you want to learn more, anytime that you want to feel energized, anytime that you're feeling like your money's starting to control you, all you do is open up the app and you press on any show that you want. Now, that is a great, great companion to have with you, and it goes everywhere you go. 
long as you've got your phone, as long as you've got your tablet, whatever it is, you have the Saving Thousands app. That's pretty doggone good. And it goes hand in hand with the SavingThousands.com and the Saving Thousands radio show and all, all of the Saving Thousands programs that are part of the Robert Palmer family of companies. Well, Robert, I think there are people out there. Matter of fact, I know there are people out there who have the qualifications to own a home and they want to own a home, but they just won't take the first step. So what happens when they call here? Let's walk them through it. Like, okay. I, I don't, I don't want, there, there's no, there's no hidden anything here. There's no, I'm going to give you play by play, right? So you're listening right now and maybe you didn't pick up the phone because you're, you're not sure how this goes and you're not ready to commit to anything. Sure. And we don't want any commitments. We don't want any money. Here's what we're going to do for you. You're going to call us up 855-773-8634. Uh, first off, uh, one of my wonderful uh, customer service people is going to answer the phone and they're going to greet you very pleasantly. And if they don't, I want to know about it. No, they do. They do a great job. They're great. We listen to the calls. Uh, they, they are. We get so many compliments on our customer service team. And so they're going to kind of get some basic information. Are you looking to refinance? Are you looking to purchase? What are you looking to do? Because they want to put you in touch with the right loan officer, right? Because we have 28 loan officers here. Each one has a little bit of different special, you know, specials. Each one has a little mm-hmm. bit different niche. Some of them are better at refi. Some are better at purchase. Some are better at helping people cash out and make decisions. Some are better at helping people reduce their terms. It really depends on what, you know, how they click with the consumer. And so the customer service team gets a little bit of information from you that they're going to pass you over a loan officer. Now that loan officer is not going to try to get your credit card number out of you. They're not going to try to get you to commit. They're not going to hand you a pen and stare at you and sign the papers. You know, wow. would you, would you like to sign on Tuesday or would you like to sign on Wednesday? I don't want to sign anything ever. Thanks for asking. Right. So, but what they are going to do is they're going to provide you with information because I can come here on the radio and I can give you general terms and I can talk about general swaths of, well, you can shorten your term. You can take cash out. You can lower your payment, right? These are all things that could potentially happen. The way those apply to different consumers is different. What's your home worth? How much do you owe? What's your current interest rate? How many years are left on your mortgage? I don't know any of these things. Right. So they will. So they're going to ask you these questions and then they're going to show you what that looks like. So if you say, well, well, hey, uh, Bobby, you know, what's it going to look like if I cut five years off the back of my mortgage? What's that going to make my payment today? Or, hey, Julie, if I, uh, if I want to take cash out to pay off my credit cards, what's that going to do to my payment? What's that interest rate going to look like, right? Or, hey, Tom, you know, I'm just trying to lower my payment and take advantage of today's low interest rates. What does that look like? And they're going to provide you with the hard numbers. They're going to show you how much you can borrow or how little you can borrow, how many years you'll have to pay it back, what those payments look like, what those closing costs look like. And they do all this completely free. We don't charge anything for this. We don't try to strong arm you into giving us a credit card up front or get an application fee out of you. We never charge an application fee. My staff is here to provide you with information the same way I am. They're going to do it on a much more personalized basis because they're going to look at your situation with you. And then guess what? If one of those situations makes sense, if the idea of taking that cash out under the terms that, that Bobby tells you or Julie tells you or Tom tells you makes sense for your financial situation, then we are here to help you facilitate that transaction. That's it. You know, there's no pushy sales. There's no strong because we don't have to do any of that. You know why we don't have to do any of that? Because we don't charge any fees and we give people a great deal. And right now we don't even charge any closing costs. We have people basically asking us to do business with us. We don't have to play games. We don't Mm -hmm. have to use sales tactics. And that's how I built this company. Guess what? The guy across town who's going to try to hit you for $10,000 in closing costs and $5,000 in lender fees and prepayment penalties and adjustable rates and all this other garbage, he's got a strong sell. He's got to have a really good close. He's got to hand you that pin and look you in the eye and hope you don't ask any questions and sign the paperwork. Mm -hmm. My staff doesn't have to do any of that. Because we're helping people do what's right, what's good for them. So it's easy. And so if you want to find out what that looks like, if you want to know what your personal situation looks like, completely free, there's no cost, pick up the phone right now, talk to one of my experts, let them walk you through what a refinance with no closing costs and a great low rate could do for you. 855-773-8634. Pick up the phone right now. Be ready to have a 10 to 15 minute conversation. Mm -hmm. Or if you only got five minutes, start the conversation and have them call you back later tonight. They're flexible. They're here to serve you. 855-773-8634, 855-RP-Funding, or shoot over to rpfunding.com. You can apply online from your mobile phone. It's really quick. It's not like a full-blown application, Rob. It's basically just almost like requesting a callback. You put some right. basic information in, and we're going to call you back. And the reason I want you to do that is if you're in a position where you can't talk right now, life's going to happen today. You're going to get busy. You're going to forget. You're driving home. You get a flat tire. The, the kids have to get uh-huh. picked up from school early because they're sick. Whatever goes on, life happens, you forget. If you go on your phone right now and you put your information in, then we'll call you. And then if you forget, we're calling you so we can help you remember. 855-773-8634 or go to rpfunding.com. Okay, Robert. Hey, we've got a Saving Thousands Ask Robert coming up in just a moment. But folks, 
If you haven't visited the savingthousands.com website, you have no idea what you're missing. This website is kind of like a full life's education about money all in one convenient place. It's unbelievable how much easy to understand information there is in one website. And I mean easy to understand and easy to listen to. Well, how do you listen to a website? Because when you go to savingthousands.com, you'll actually have your choice of radio shows that you can listen to from the past eight years. And all of these shows are listed by topic. So if you're interested in how much home can I afford or uh, how can I calculate what my housing payment will be or any financial category, you'll find it right there in the radio shows. So let me kind of give you a little quick tour of savingthousands.com. When you go to that website on the front page, you'll see some tabs right across the top. You've got the rules. Those would be your saving thousands rules to success. You've got radio shows. Well, that's just what we were talking about. You have station, you have station listings and that's all the stations that play this show. The day and the time is listed right there. There's the ask Robert. We've talked about that quite a bit on the show today, haven't we? And there's the all important home value hotline tab. When you click on that, there will be a form that comes up. You simply give us your address and with total confidentiality, we will provide you with a very accurate assessment of what your home is worth. And that assessment comes from people in the real estate industry. That's the best way to get it. Hey, Robert, we do have another Ask RP. That's right. Right from the website, Bob wants to know what homestead means in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, if the person you bought the home from already had homestead, then that should carry you through uh, until you close uh, or until the following year when you have time to file homestead. Mm hmm. So you have to file a homestead by March, and you have to go down to the county. When you buy a new home, you have to file it once. You don't have to file it every year. Oh, you file it one time, and unless they have reason to believe that you're not living in the house, they'll leave you alone and let you keep it. Mm -hmm. Now, if they think you've moved out, if they think you don't live there anymore, whatever, then they may try to revoke your homestead, and then you have to go talk to them about that. This happened to me at my beach house. So when, uh, when I first opened RP Funding, Rob, I actually moved to Jacksonville. Right. Uh, and my plan was to open RP Funding in Jacksonville because that's where my house was on the beach up there. Uh, you know, on the beach up there in Jacksonville. And so uh, I, I tried to open works company there. It just didn't work out because all of my staff was here because everyone I knew, all the underwriters, the closers, the funders, all the people I needed to be a successful lender were here in Orlando. Mm -hmm. But I moved to Jacksonville. I did not have a house uh, in Orlando, and I, I lived there. But the problem is I worked so much I was almost never home. And so they decided that I did not actually live there. And they took my homestead exemption away. That's not good. And I had to go argue with them about it. And uh, so anyway, it, it happens occasionally, but most of the time they're going to leave you alone. But you do have to go down and file that first time. And if you forget to file, your tax bill can jump up between $500 and $1,000 a year. And, and then what's going to happen Ooh. is, so, so think about this. We're escrowing based on $1,000. And all of a sudden it goes to $2,000. But we don't find out until a year. So now we're 1000 short for paying this year. And we're going to be a thousand short for paying next year. Oh, no. And so what happens is your monthly payment would actually go up by like 150, 180 bucks. Mm -hmm. Your payment's going up by a ton, right? Because we got to cover the thousand for this year and the thousand for next year. And, and it can really make a dent in people's payments all because they forgot to go down to the county and file homestead exemption. So I guess we're saying to uh, Reagan that the homestead is for people who actually live in Florida versus those who own property here, own homes here, but they don't live here. It's an yeah, investment. Yeah, the key is to live in that house. So you can file uh, homestead on one property, in your, the one you live in, your homestead property, your primary residence, uh, the, the address on your driver's license, the place you live. You can get a tax break, right? Because in Florida, we want to be able to charge higher taxes, like you said, to on investment properties and on out-of-state people. We want to give a break to the person actually living in that house. And so the person living in the house gets a $50,000 exemption on the value of their home, right? So if you buy a, oh. a $100,000 house... And the assessed value is eighty thousand. That homestead exemption will drop you down to thirty thousand, and now you're only being taxed on thirty thousand dollars. So it's it's significant. Sweet. It's very significant, and you don't want to miss that. Now, if you buy a home that doesn't have homestead exemption previously, so say you buy a home, maybe the home went into foreclosure, the people had already moved out, the county came in and revoked their homestead exemption because they weren't living there, you can get a nice surprise, and that once you file homestead exemption, your taxes can drop. So it's important to understand when you're buying a home. Does the home currently have homestead exemption on it? Mm -hmm. So you can expect the nice, you know, so you can keep keep it the same. And if you don't file, you'll get the, the bad surprise of it going up. Or does the home not currently have homestead? So when you file next year, you'll get a nice surprise of the taxes going down. So because it is a significant impact on your monthly payment. Well, I hope with each passing moment, you're feeling more empowered than ever. And I hope that you'll reach out to your friends. Do you have some friends or maybe it's you that gets to about, oh, Wednesday afternoon and says, you know what? 
I'm not out of wheat, but I sure am out of money. You know a lot of people like that, don't you? You know, if they would just go by the Saving Thousands Rules to Success, if they would just listen to a few episodes of this show, if they would just visit SavingThousands.com, pretty soon they'd find that they're in charge of their money and they're having more money in their wallet or purse at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the year. It's very, very simple. But most of us just wander around, as Robert likes to say, like financial zombies and let our money and let the tricksters in financial institutions take power from us. Well, we're done with that. No more letting people take your power. No more letting people trick you into paying fees and paying mindless things that you shouldn't be paying. And that's what this show is all about. It's all about empowering you. And I was talking a while ago about the Saving Thousands website, and you're going to find on the homepage, you'll find eight windows that lead you to references, radio shows, articles, and more that you can seek out if you know what your problem is with money, okay? Personal finance is one of those windows. Or credit cards, credit scores, mortgages, home ownership, financial zombies. We don't want to be a financial zombie. But if we are, well, there's ways that we can become a financial ninja. Loans and banking. All the information, radio shows, info modules, and articles, all very easy to understand, are there for you at savingthousands.com. Well, Robert, you were asking me earlier to remind you on today's show to please discuss how we could pay down our credit cards, but also begin paying down our mortgage. I don't understand how we can do both at the same time. Yeah, well, well, yeah, what we've seen, Rob, is people are actually, if people have a substantial amount of credit card debt, uh, they can cash out their mortgage, they can include that in there, and they can actually drop the term of their mortgage because they can afford to pay so much more toward the mortgage. Because if you're really? paying, yeah. think about this, if you're paying five or 600 bucks a month toward credit cards, right? And so, and that's a lot, but there are people that pay five or $600 a month toward credit there cards. Yes, and so if you have enough equity in your home and we refinance your home and we pay off all those credit cards and you do the smart financial thing, which is take that same five to $600 a month and now apply it toward the mortgage balance, you'll end up paying your mortgage off in half the time because the interest isn't $560 a month. It was on the credit cards at 29%, mm-hmm. but over here on a mortgage at 4% or less, it's not. And so, but if you, if wow. as a disciplined consumer, if you take all that money you used to give to the credit card companies and you discipline and you give it to the mortgage company, you can own your home free and clear in like half the time. I mean, it, it's crazy Ooh. how quick, when, once you get that interest monkey off your back, once you get that interest blood-sucking vampire out of your neck, uh, how quick you can start to retire your debt, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a huge difference between 29% interest on a credit card and 4% interest on a mortgage. And, and this is what we wow. have to understand. And this is why the credit card companies do everything they can to hide the amount of interest you are paying, mm-hmm. right? Because again, where 29% doesn't, eh, 29%, I don't know. I, I used to get like 89% on my scores, you know, my test scores in high school and, uh, you know, and, and 29%, that's, that's, I guess that's, is that a big number? Is that a low number? It seems like a low number. 100%, that's a big number. 29%, like that's, mm-hmm. that's a small, I guess that's a small, right? We just, we don't have a, a perception of how much it costs us. And when they have to show us the dollars and cents, we get smart. And they don't want us getting smart. And you you were saying in a broadcast recently that they really plant the seed early. Okay, a rite of passage. You leave high school and you go to the big college. And all of a sudden, as Robert said a few episodes ago, you see a beautiful tent sitting in the campus by the student union. And there is a knockdown, drag out, gorgeous blonde or brunette. And she is handing out applications, usually about a five-line application, for you to get your very first student credit card. And so you're starting early. And how many of you have a memory of charging that thing up in about the first 35 days? Because you had all this extra money in your pocket. And they catch you early because it's part of that rite of passage. I'm living by myself now. I'm not answering to my parents now. I'm in college. I get my own credit card. Yep. And look, Rob, I, I am not a proponent. I am not an advocate of not having any debt. Sure. You know, I think we have to have credit cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the way society is built today, uh, we have to have credit. We have to have credit cards. I think we, there are times we have to have car loans. There are times when dealers and car dealerships and manufacturers will run specials where taking the 0% interest deal is better than taking the rebates. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't be afraid of debt. We can't take this attitude that we're not going to owe anybody a dime. Because it really doesn't make good financial sense. Right. But there is a there 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 is an alternative to that. You have to be smart about it. You have uh, to be making the right decisions. If you're going to have a credit card with a 29% interest rate, that's great. You've got to pay the balance in full before the grace period ends, before the interest ever starts to accrue. And if you can do that, 
then there is no downside to having a credit card. There's actually positives. There's mileage. There's points. You know, there's discounts. There are things you can do. So the true powerful consumer in today's world is not the person who says, I have zero debt. It's the person who has the right kind of debt and becomes the master of that debt. Mm -hmm. And by the master of that debt, if you're going to put something on your credit card, you know you have enough money in the bank that you could pay it off. So let's look at this. So you say, okay, person A says, well, I'm just going to pay cash, right? I, it's easier. It is easier. You know, it, you can't get into trouble. You can't mess up if you're paying cash. Right. So you just pay cash. And it's a $100 item, and I just pay cash. And it's 100 bucks, and I'm done. And then person B, they put that $100 item on their American Express card, and they get a couple points, right? Or they get a couple rewards dollars. They get a couple frequent flyer miles or whatever it is you do with it. And, uh, and then they systematically, the day the grace period ends and the day the interest would start to accrue, they then send in the $100. Okay? Both people are only out the exact same $100. Right. Neither one of them has paid a dime of interest. Right. Neither one of them has done any of that. Now, I will tell you, I, in my opinion, person B, who used the credit card, did the smarter transaction mm -hmm. because they got the mileage. They have better records, right? That's one of the great things about credit cards. That's true. When you buy things with cash, there you don't have records. Some of our credit cards uh, offer extended warranties. Like you know, there there are ways to use credit cards to your benefit. And and as a warrior, as a powerful consumer, right? You use these. You take advantage of these. But you do it correctly, and you make sure that no matter what happens in your life, the day the grace period ends, the day the interest would the clock would start, the day the interest would start to accrue, you pay that off. And that is the smart consumer. That is the powerful consumer, right? Mm -hmm. You've got the people that have said, I, I'm not disciplined enough to do that, so I'm just going to I'm gonna swear off credit altogether, oh, no. right? But then you've got people that say, you know what? I see an opportunity here. I see an opportunity to beat the system, to take advantage of the credit companies by using them to my benefit, by turning the tables, right? By using technique on the credit card companies. They've been gaming us for years. Well, guess what? We can turn around and we can game them because they think we are so stupid Rob, they really do. They think we are so mm -hmm. stupid that they leave these opportunities open. If you use the credit card correctly, you can cost them a lot of money because you're getting <laughs> your free perks and you're getting your miles and you're getting your warranties and you get all the wonderful things that come with it. And then you never pay them a dime in interest because you know how to beat the system. You know how mm -hmm. to pay the credit card off at the right point in time so you get all the benefits with none of the costs. And that is today's powerful consumer. Now that is some great information and a very good strategy. And I bet you that's one that you've never heard before. Well, that's what Robert Palmer is all about. He is all about trying to help you. And with that one tool right there, you can be really empowered. I tell you what, that is something I've never heard before, Robert. Well, I'm wondering how many of our listeners have heard of TRID and they're shaking in their boots if they're trying to buy a home. TRID, ladies and gentlemen, is a new program that has been handed down by the federal government. There wasn't a lot of hoopla about it. I never heard anything on the news about it. But in the real estate and the mortgage industry and the banking industry, there's a lot of talk about TRID. So no doubt if you're applying for a home loan or you're thinking about applying for a home loan, somebody has brought up TRID and they probably said it in this context. They probably said, well, you know, with the new federal regulations, it may take longer to get this loan done than it would have under the old regulations. Well, hogwash. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot of new protocol. There's a whole lot of new procedures. There's a lot of things that need to be done to get that mortgage now that weren't the case before. However, if a company is active, if a company is proactive, they've been working on the TRID program for months, and when the transition came, they're ahead of the game. Well, RP Funding, Robert's Mortgage Company, is one such company. They've been working on the TRID paperwork and the TRID procedures for months. So when the big loan companies were saying, oh, it's going to now take 60 or 70, maybe even 80 days to close that home loan, Robert Palmer said, not us. We're ready for it. And right as TRID took effect in the month of October, Robert Palmer set out to prove it. And the first loan that came up in October was closed in just 10 days. That's right. From application to closing, just 10 days. Well, so much for TRID being hard to do. RP Funding is here for you. They stay ahead of the game, and that puts you ahead of the game. Well, Robert, water cooler talk around the company says you're up to something. You're about to introduce another way to empower consumers. Absolutely, Rob. The other cool thing we got coming up is I got a couple books coming out. I kind of hinted on this earlier. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the main uh, the first book we're going to release uh, is Saving Thousands. It's kind of the uh, a book that, that wraps in the whole mantra of the show. It's going to go into in depth on all the rules 
It's going to talk a lot about the decision I made personally to go on the radio and, and go down this journey. Uh, and uh, and I'm excited about this. You know, I've, I've sat down and, and put it all on paper, and uh, we're going to get that published later this year. Where the, the the manuscript is done, we're kicking around final title ideas, and then I'm probably going to do some kind of uh, pre-sale in August or September where radio listeners can buy the book in advance at a discounted price, maybe get some extra perks thrown in. Uh, but again, this is this is me putting down all the thoughts on the 15 rules into uh, a, a book, a paperback book, uh, so that we can, again, spread this knowledge, uh, get this out there, give people a resource, you know, because, again, not everybody's going to listen to talk radio. It is what it is. You know, so if you've got that friend or family member who's a reader, you can get them a copy of the, the Saving Thousands book, and they can get all the same knowledge and understand everything that you're learning right here on the radio uh, in print, right? And then uh, also the second book is Appreciation Opportunity, which is uh, about real estate investing and owning real estate and how to make those decisions. And I, you know, I walk people through how the system I, I use that I devised, this, this grid I built that I personally use when I look at a, an investment property, had people just followed this, uh, we probably would have never seen the crash. We wouldn't have seen people getting caught up. And it really talks a lot about the correlation between what's being paid in rent and what should be paid in mortgage payments. Uh, and so the, those two books are coming out. And then we've got a couple other exciting ones coming out uh, early next year. Those two will come out this year. Uh, and then next year, I've got a, a book coming out about credit. This is always a, a big topic for people, you know, ways to improve your credit score, uh, you know, kind of a plan in there you can use to, because we can always do better. We can all always have a, a higher credit score. And so it's it's the tips and tricks I use to maximize my credit score. There's also going to be a lot of information in there for people who maybe uh, have, have bad credit who are trying to rebound. You know, I, I sat down with uh, somebody last week, Rob, and we were talking about credit. And, you know, she wants to buy a house and her credit score is, is uh, you know, like a 560, 570. It's too low to get qualified yeah. for a mortgage. And I said, well, you know, what's, talk to me about your credit card. You know, do you have a credit card? Is it maxed out? Do you pay it on time? And she says, well, no, I don't have any credit cards. That's how I got in trouble in the first place. And I said, well, oh. until you believe in yourself enough to be able to have a credit card and not abuse it, the credit bureaus are not going to believe in you enough to give you a high credit score. And, and so the reason that her credit score is refusing to recover is because she's refusing to go out and get a credit card. Uh huh. Because look, the credit bureaus are smart. You know, I mean, computers may not be able to figure out what your house is worth, but they can do a lot of other stuff really effectively. And, and they figured out that people who had a blow up in their credit because of credit cards and now refuse to get new credit cards, you're basically saying to them, I don't trust myself enough around these credit cards to have any. So I don't think I can make good decisions. And they're going to continually penalize your credit score for that. It's just one example of, of what the book's going to cover and, you know, to help people make better decisions and really kind of uh, outline what I think the ideal credit report looks like, right? Like what I think you should have, you should have this many credit cards with this types of balances based on your income. You should have, you know, this many installment loans, whether that's going to be a, a car loan or a recreational vehicle loan or something else you should have. This many mortgages, you should have second mortgages, yes or no, really to break down for people the, the, the tricks we talk about, how to pay before the balances, before the statements come out to keep your credit score. You know, it's going to be a great resource for people uh, about credit scoring and credit reporting and how to really take control of that personal finance. And then finally, a book on home buying, um, you know, the, the home buying guide to help people understand and make better decisions. So that's the four book deal I've got going on right now. Uh, the Saving Thousands book, which will cover the 15 rules and, and kind of my philosophy on the radio and why I'm here. Appreciation Opportunity, which is going to be the real estate investment book uh, and how to you know look at buying property from a financial standpoint. Uh, then we've got the uh, credit score and credit reporting book, which is how to take control of your credit. And then finally, the kind of first time home buyer book, uh, which digs into more of just the basics of, so what's it look like to own instead of rent? You know, how do we move down that path? And so I've got those four books coming out over the next probably eight or nine months. Uh, it's a pretty aggressive uh, you know publishing plan we've yeah. got put in place, but I want to get this knowledge out there. I want to get it in people's hands. You know, I want people to have additional resources uh, to be able to learn from besides just the radio and the website. Well, I can't wait to read that book. So, Robert, I'm going to reserve my autographed copy right now, if I may. <laughs> oh, we'll have to talk about that later? Okay, no problem. Hey, you know, when we're doing this show, Robert and I have a lot of fun talking to you about the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. Well, what are those rules? I mean, how does it all work? Well, over the years, Robert has had the opportunity to look over tens of thousands of credit applications. I mean, when you run a large mortgage company, yeah, that's kind of one of the basics. You're going to see a lot of credit applications. You're going to be talking to a lot of people who want help to make sure that their credit scores can get up there high enough so they can get the best 
possible interest and the best possible house for their money. Well, all those years, Robert's been seeing some trends. There's there's just a certain commonality with the folks in that 500 to 600 credit score level and a little bit different about the people in the 750 credit score range. And it comes down to 15 rules to success. So in order to help you so that you can become that financial ninja, Robert has created the 15 Saving Thousands Rules to Success. Rule number one, really simple. Always shop around. Any purchase you're going to make, you know, anything bigger than penny candy, let's say, let's shop around and let's make sure we're getting the best product, the best warranty at the best price at the best terms. Number two is know your numbers. You got to know your credit score. You need to know your home value. You need to know the balances in your bank accounts and the balances that you owe people. And you need to know your interest rates. Rule number three is take three days after you've decided to make a major purchase. Take three days to mull it over. Take three days to shop. Number four, don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. And then we get to rule number five. If you know their tricks, they just won't work. Robert, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, Rob, this is such a great example of the tricks. You know, and and we talk about the amount of money that financial services companies use uh, in order to trick us, to fool us. And this is this is a great example of it. Uh, you know, there, there's a story, and I forget, I'm pretty sure it was ketchup. But, uh, you know, ketchup was uh, not as highly used as it is today. And then somewhere along the lines, a, a real marketing genius figured out that, that if they would put if they would put refrigerate after opening on the, I'm pretty sure it's ketchup. It's one of the condiments. Because what they figured out is that we're in the refrigerator 10 times as often as we're in the pantry, right? The refrigerator is the most visited place in the house. Oh, my word. And, and so by adding refrigerate after opening to products that don't actually have to be refrigerated, they would move from the pantry where they were not seen into the refrigerator where they're front and center. And there's some crazy statistic about how consumption of the product went through the roof. Well, they're doing the exact same thing with these, these IDs doubling as credit cards. You have to have that ID out and ready and in your hand so many times throughout the day, right? Everywhere you go, you have to have that there. And so what they're doing is you can't, I mean, think about this, you know, a credit card, right? I've told you the, the way I want, if you get in credit card trouble, I want you to freeze them in a block of ice, yeah. right? I want you to lock them up somewhere that you can't get to them. Well, if it's your student ID, that's not an option, right? You can't lock your student ID up or freeze your student ID in a block of ice. And so they're forcing you to keep the card on you at all times, right? Some people may say, hey, I'm going out tonight. I don't want to be tempted to spend on my credit card, so I'm going to leave it at home. They're taking that option away from us. And so, again, this is another example of the tricks of the misdirection of the big financial institutions figuring out how to in the name of convenience, right? Oh, this is so much more convenient, Rob. Now I only have to carry one card instead of two. But what they're doing is they're taking away college kids' choices to carry that credit card around with them. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest defenses we have is to physically leave the stupid thing at home. And, and now you cannot do that. You know, Same thing with, with Apple Pay and the new electronic stuff. In the name of convenience, right? we're, we're going to build our, our credit cards right into our cell phones so they'll always be with us. Well, always being with you is not necessarily a good thing, right? That's right. And, and, and this is going to incentivize people. And again, for most people, it's not a problem, right? You carry the card, be responsible. That's, that's what I want you to do, right? I don't want you to fear credit. That's one of our rules. You know, I don't want you to have a debit card. I want you to have a credit card. I don't want you to fear it. And I want you to pay it off every single month. But for some people, they do find themselves in a situation where they're in trouble. And I think particularly with the younger generation, right? With younger kids who don't understand the ramifications, having that credit card with them at all times, that is their student ID, and, and, and being able to draft the credit portion so much easier and kind of on demand. I, again, it, it, the goal of this is to increase outstanding balances. The goal of this is for the credit card companies to loan out more money faster so they can make more interest, taking more of our hard-earned money. So again, you can always be responsible, and you can always fight back, and a financial ninja can always know the tricks and be just fine. And if you sit down with your kid and say, look, I know this stupid ID card doubles as a credit card, you need to be responsible with it, you know, and here's what you need to understand. And you need to not make choices based on that. You don't need to make bad choices because if we are understanding of the tricks, if we're open to the tricks, if we know what they're trying to do, they don't work. That's the rule here. And this is another great example. But for the vast majority of people that don't know this is a trick and don't realize that they're now being forced to have this credit card with them at all times and to make it the first and most, I mean, think about it. You know, you, you pull your, your ID out for something else. It's already out, right? What are you going to use? You know, it's now that much easier to just hand it to the clerk. Mm-hmm. And again, if we're paying our bills off in the month like we should, then it's not a problem. 
But so many people fall into the trap where they're not doing that. And so what happens is they end up spending the money on the card plus all the money in their bank account. And then when the, the bill comes, there's not enough money to pay it off. And now they're going to carry a balance. They're going to owe interest. Uh, and this is the exact cycle that we're trying to break. And the younger, the younger we can teach our kids, the younger we can show our kids some of the hardships and the downsides and the tough life lessons surrounding credit and debt and money, the better off they're going to be. You know, one of the things when I read Caleb's article that kind of caught my mind, you and I come from a generation where you used to watch your mom. I used to watch my dad take a part of his week in our house. It was Sunday afternoon, once a month that he would declare silence and he would sit at the kitchen table and write checks. Well, you, you said at the beginning of the program, we pick up a lot more than our parents think we do off of facial expressions, moods. And I can remember being around my father sometimes when that Sunday was not a pleasant time, but I knew he was writing the bills. At least, Robert, that opened the door to a conversation. At least I could say to dad when he came back on the front porch of the lake house, I could say, boy, dad, you really seemed upset in there. At least then he could talk to me about money. But today, all we see our parents do is swipe a card. Or Yeah, well, yeah one, of, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite sentences in, in the article that Caleb wrote is, you know, that children never see any real money management. They don't. It's almost, it's almost like set it and forget it in their mind. And this is, this again, this is auto pay. This is another one of the great tricks. You know, one of the, the byproducts of auto pay, of auto bill pay is like you said, Rob, we're not. We don't see it. They, they, don't, they don't see it. It's completely hidden. You know, it's like it doesn't even exist. We, you know, it, money, you know, money controls and, and, and dictates and, and guides so many aspects of our lives, but then no one sees it happening. It's, it's just all happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, you, and, you watch your cell phone. Your cell phone will light up, and it's uh, Duke Energy, and it says your power bill is due today. Press here to pay. Well, your kids didn't see you do that. Right. You know, my, my wife and I, you know, we're down here in the Keys, and, and it, she, she still carries a debit card. And, I, again, I, apparently she doesn't listen to me on the radio uh, and, <laughs> and refuses. But the funny thing is, is anytime we travel, her debit card always gets fraud blocked uh, when she tries to use it as a check card. You know, because, again, I think there's been so much debit card fraud that her particular bank has taken this real tough stance. Uh, so when they, you know, when they saw that she used the card in Jacksonville the day before and she's trying to use it in Marathon the day after, she always gets a fraud block. And, and it, it frustrates her. I'm like, well, if you just quit carrying this stupid debit card, uh, you wouldn't have this problem. But, again, I get habits are hard to break, and, and she is who she is, and, and it's her thing. Um, even after where, you know, her debit card got stolen and they cleaned out her bank account and her rent bounced seven years ago when we first met, uh, she still carries the debit card. So I, I, I get how hard it is for people to break habits. Um, but, yeah, so now now she just gets a text message that says, were you just at Walgreens trying to spend $85 or whatever? And she texts back. A, so it's like you don't even see these things happening, right? Like back in the day, you would you know maybe hear somebody on the phone talking about it. Mm -hmm. you know, Or I would hear my mom on the phone making a credit card payment over the phone. Yes, you can draft my checking account $283. You know, now it's all just so so quiet and hidden and behind the scenes and auto pay and auto debit and, so I think if anything, Rob, we're going in the wrong direction. I think our kids are learning less. You know, we, we were in bad shape 10, 20 years ago, and we're going to be in worse shape 10 or 20 years from now uh, because people are talking about it, I think, even less. And that's what we've got to change. That's what I need all of my, you know, half a million, million listeners out there, uh, you know, my financial ninjas to, to realize that the, the fastest way to stop financial zombieism is to do it when our kids are young. I mean, think about think about that first language you learn, right? You know, so if I grew up learning English, it's hard for me to learn Spanish. Somebody else grows up learning Spanish and it's hard for them to learn English. I want the first language our kids learn when it comes to personal finance to be the right one, right? To be one that teaches responsibility and helps them understand credit cards and debit cards and student loans and credit scores and balances to high limits and all these other things. That's the language I want our kids to speak when it comes to money, not this, this you know, thinking that, we can't afford it. It's just an excuse that parents give you when they don't want to give you what you want. Yeah. And for a lot of kids, that's what it becomes because there, there's no explanation. We can't afford it. Not we can't afford it because the AC broke last week or we can't afford it because I just bought you those brand new shoes or we can't afford it because we're going on vacation to the Keys in a couple of weeks. We can't afford it. And, and when the answer is always just we can't afford it, it gets watered down. And, and, and kids think, well, as a kid, we can't afford anything. As a parent, I'll be able to afford everything. And it just even reinforces this idea uh, that when I'm a grown-up, I can spend money however I want uh, because they're not understanding that just like mom and dad are dictating to the kid what they can and can't afford, uh, the bank you know, the, the bank account, the paycheck is dictating to mom and dad what mom and dad can afford. And, and kids need to understand that, that, that we do have a boss when it comes to money. 
and that boss is the amount of it we have. And, and there are ways we can change it and there are ways we can take control of it, but it, it isn't just out there freely. You know, the, the whole money doesn't grow on trees is, isn't really a great illustration. You know, we, we've got to take that conversation a step further, you know, to explain, well, if money doesn't grow on trees, where does it come from? How do we get it and how do we spend it and how do we have to make sacrifices with how we spend it and how can we spend it more wisely? And there has to be a whole backstory that goes with that. You know, it just, uh, again, they, our kids are smart. They are so smart. We are so smart when we're young. We're probably smarter when we're young than we are when we're adults. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're wiser when we're adults, but I think we're smarter when we're young. You know, our, our minds are open. We're sponges. We soak things up. We want to learn. This is the time to put financial literacy and financial knowledge in your kids' hands, uh, not when it's too late, right? Not when they come home after their first semester at college and they just uh, charged up a $5,000 credit card they can't pay back. That's not the time to have the first conversation with your kid about money. Oh, wow. That's not the, the first time to, to share uh, a story from your childhood where you made a mistake. We've all made them. I mean, I, I, would, I would say that the vast majority of people have made some type of mistake, big mistake when it came to credit. Sure. And we're not sharing those mistakes. You know, we'll tell the kid the biggest mistake we ever made when we trusted somebody we shouldn't have or when we found ourselves in a situation we shouldn't have been in or, you know, we, we did something dumb and this was the repercussion except when it comes to money. And that's for anybody listening today, that's the one takeaway I want you to, to have from today's show is dig into your past and find one of those stories, you know, that doesn't reveal the details of your personal finance. If you don't want to go that far with your kids, if you think I'm crazy when I'm encouraging you to, to share financial details with your kids, that's fine. But there, there's a story you've got you can share. Well, Robert, we've done it again. We've come to the end of yet another Saving Thousands radio show. But I don't want to let the people go until we remind them. If they go to savingthousands.com, they'll not only find our past radio shows like this one that's about to be archived, but they'll also find some excellent articles that you have written in anticipation of your upcoming book. And we've got good articles written by our research staff at Saving Thousands and at the other companies that you own. Now, some of the hottest trending articles right now, Understanding Loans and the Loan Process. It's kind of a, a Reader's Digest version of the whole loan process. Very easy to read, very easy to understand. And once you read that, you'll be that much more sure and equipped to buy that home. The second trending article is really getting a lot of readership. The many strategies and advantages of a home refinance. All right, number three is the benefits of owning a home rather than being a renter. Number four, the home mortgage from start to finish, from that very first application all the way through the closing, and it's an easy to read article. And there again, you'll know what's going on the whole way. And once you know that, you will be the empowered consumer. And the final one that is really going out right now is the latest trends in finance, things you need to know. So check out savingthousands.com. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's kind of the sister to this radio show. And it's a way that we can expand on all of the things that we talk about in the 55 minute radio show, but we can expand well beyond at savingthousands.com. And don't forget the Saving Thousands radio app. When you're wandering around with your phone, you can hear these programs all in their entirety, all by category, the Saving Thousands app. Well, everybody, with all of that, we hope that you're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. 